When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. My name is Andy Newport and today I'm joined by the Sunday Mail's Chief Football Writer Scott McDermott and Daily Record Sports Writer Gordon Parks. Good morning, men. How are we? Good, Andy. Yourself? How come Scotty always gets a kind of bigger billing? Uh, that's well, just the way it is, mate. Yeah, that's self-explanatory. You get yourself a title and we will give you the big billing. <laughs> uh, I'm well. I've just been to the dentist so I can barely feel my tongue. So... Uh, We'll just try and muddle on the best we can. Uh, big week in terms of Rangers. We're, we're still waiting to see just exactly who is going to take over from Steven Gerrard. But um, I suppose we should start uh, with the, the now departed former Rangers manager. Um, Scott, Steven Gerrard, how should he be remembered having wrapped up his, his time at Ibrox? Um Fondly, I think, Andy, for the... The title that he gave Rangers fans, the title that they craved, um, really the job that he was brought in to do, let's be honest, three and a half years ago. Uh, of course, there's been corrupts and downs along the way in, in terms of his departure. You know, the, timing, the timing isn't ideal, uh, as is often the case with these these things, but no, there was obviously a bit of anger, a bit of, kind of resentment, bitterness from a kind of section of the support when it happened last week but I think when people take a step back you know, they'll realise the job that, that Gerard did at Ibrooks. of course they would have wanted more silverware I think the, the black mark against Gerard's name is no no domestic uh, cup trophies but when you think the kind of infrastructure that he put in place um, the team that he's got on the park now in terms of you know, he's got valuable assets on there that no, that Rangers didn't have previously. You think of the shambles that he kind of inherited, the club he walked into. It's a totally different place now. And as I said, the the one, you know, the one priority when he came in was to go get Rangers that fifty fifth title, stop Celtic doing ten in a row, and you no, know, they managed to do that, and they did it in some some style. To be honest, last last season. So, no, in general, I think on reflection now that it's kind of calmed down. I think as time goes on, people will realise um, that Gerard did a very good job. That's not to say they can't be disappointed that he's that he's left or, or the manner in which he left. But as I say, I think when you look at the bigger picture, um, he did a really good job. And listen, you know, three and a half to four years is a long time for any manager in a job. Now, um, so the fact that he did stay there for that long. I think he's been he was good for Rangers and I think Rangers were good for him. I'll say um his departure has left a bit of a surprise for, for some fans. Um and I mean basically like, he couldn't wait to get out of there. I'm, I'm reading the quote back from his his interview with uh, with Philip when he which he gave earlier this week and he said, I wanted this to happen very quickly because first and foremost the opportunity was too big. Um should the Rangers fans 
are they right to be angry over his departure? Fans are fans. You always have a situation where there's bad taste in the mouth when any manager leaves, no matter the circumstance. One of the things that Scott's touched on is the see the stature and the celebrity factor and the kind of uh, personality that Stephen Gerrard is to for him to be involved in Scottish football is a legacy enough. He's, he changed the culture at a club. He brought a real credi- credibility and a belief and hope. He was somebody that represented the club so well, the authority that he showed, uh, the improvements that he, that he made. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest problems is success or relative success. But any manager's departure makes it all the more bitter because fans, Rangers fans were longing for a bit of hope and he gave them that and he restored a degree of professionalism within the club. And that's uh, that's his legacy and that's the reason why Rangers fans will have an element of resentment towards him. The reason why he had to go though is clearly because he's got money to spend now. He has to take another step up his managerial ladder. He's got a profile in the Premiership now in England that can hopefully land him the job that he covets most in the Liverpool job. He's not going to get that at Rangers because they don't have the money to spend. I don't think his relationship with Ross Wilson was great, especially towards the end. And I think when the balance sheet and the debt was announced, I think it cemented in his mind that progress for him as a coach requires money. And he spoke about money and he'll get that at Villa. He won't get that at Rangers. And I think Rangers fans can mope about. That will soon change when they get the, the person in that they want. And managers move on. It's just the nature of football. And I also, I also think there's an argument. I know it's difficult at first and the initial reaction for fans is that kind of anger and, and resentment and stuff. But I actually think there's an argument that, you no, know, it probably was time for Steven Gerrard to go when you, when you take a step, step back. When you just look at this season, I don't think Rangers have been right this season. I know that might sound daft because they're sitting top of the league. But something's been missing, having been the same team as last, as last year. Um, don't know. Just, I've just felt even for pre-season, something's not quite been right. There's a kind of issue with Morelos in the summer. Then Goldson no signing the contract. We're dropping points. That kind of lacks. We're kind of lackadaisical. Uh, kind of element to their play that just was wasn't there. Now. I'm not saying that was all down to you know, Stephen Gerrard's potential departure, but. I just think after three and a half years, you no, know, despite how good a manager Gerard's been for Rangers, I, I think the cold light a day might actually be a good thing if Rangers obviously can get the next appointment right and get it done fairly fairly quickly now. Um, as I say, I think initially it was hard for fans, but as Patsy says, I think they'll get over it pretty quickly, and I've got a, and I've got a, a feeling that the players. As much as a lot of them were Gerard's players, I think a lot of them will actually get a get a bit of a bounce and will actually produce a kind of positive reaction for a new manager coming in. I think whatever you no know, reasonably sized Premier League club came in for Gerard, he was gonna he was gonna go. I think I think if Newcastle they came in for him you know, a month previous, a few weeks previous, he'd have probably went there if the opportunity. I mean, I think Aston Villa's a better a better job, obviously. Um, so he'd be grateful for that. But I think he'd, ultimately, I think he'd probably made his mind up in the summer that the first, if he did get a big offer for the Premier League, then he was going to, he was going to be going. 
He's also a lucky man because his CV's not strong enough to merit that size of job. He gets it on his profile and the promise that he brings. And again, that celebrity kind of state, that brand that he brings. I think Villa have said, I think Villa have said that themselves. I don't think Villa have tried to sell it to their fans that you know, he's got a brilliant coaching CV. They said he was impressed by obviously winning the title in Scotland, but you no know, history will tell you, me and Andy and Gav discussed this the other week, that no, it doesn't really matter what you do at the old firm. Um, you're going to struggle to get a big Premier League job. No, the ones that no, Walter Smith went to Everton, Neil Lennon went to Bolton, Martin O'Neill, Villa. Um, no, there's been others. I mean, Neil Lennon beat Barcelona and it's Celtic in the last 16 in the Champions League, and the best job he could get was, was Bolton. So no, I think you're right, Gerard's profile speaks for itself, but I don't think Villa have I don't think Villa have had that. I think they're quite excited about that and what, what he'll bring. Scott, um, Partsy said that there might be a feeling of rejection amongst the fans, given the way that this has all panned out. That feeling of rejection will only intensify if uh, Steve Gerrard comes back and starts poaching after their best players. I mean, you look at the guys that are either out of contract this summer or the year afterwards in terms of they don't have so much long in their, their contracts and that might affect their value. Um, guys like, you know, I think it's Kent, Morelos, Haribo, Ryan Jack, Hollander, all at a contract uh, the summer after next. I mean, is, that, is this the danger for Rangers uh, that Steven Gerrard knows these guys, knows their, knows their value, knows the situation at the club in terms of their own financial concerns that he's going to come back in here and, you know, try to pinch away a, f- a few of them on the cheap? I would I wouldn't be overly concerned about that, Andy. Uh, if I was a no as a fan, I don't I don't think I don't think I've got too much to worry about. I mean, diff- Stephen Gerrard's in a different a different playground now. No, we asked him Villa in terms of you know, the money that he can spend and the players that he can look at. And, I mean, just look at that Villa squad and what they've you know what it's cost to to assemble. I mean, listen and look at the Rangers players. I suppose Connor Goldson and a free transfer. Maybe, but I think that would mainly be because he's been a kind of Gerard lieutenant at, at Rangers and a guy he can trust and again get them in a get them in a free. He might look to bring him into the squad, but I mean Villa have got a lot of centre backs, good quality centre backs, Mings and Twinsaby and Conza and people like that. So I mean I'm not sure would Connor Goldson go straight into that that Villa team. Um I'm not convinced uh, of the others. I think Glenn Kamara is one he would look at because I think Kamara's got real value. He's a young, fairly young international player. The way Kamara plays, you feel as if he could pretty much walk into any team you know, and look and look comfortable. I think he is a Premier League player ultimately and you know, he will play there one day, whether that's for Villa or not, I'm not sure. I think he would look at Kamara, I'm not saying he would definitely go for him, but he would certainly look at him of the others, I don't see him going for guys like Kent and stuff. I mean, the right back situation, obviously there's been interest in Nathan Patterson, who's young again and got value. No Everton were obviously in for him in the summer. He's somebody that Villa, whether Gerard was there or not, would probably would probably be looking at because he's because he's potential. But I mean, Stephen Gerrard, I'm not saying Stephen Gerrard didn't rate him, but I mean he was he was struggling to get him a game at Rangers because of the no because of Tavernier's form. Um and ironically, when you look at Villa right backs, I mean obviously 
Matty Cash the, is the boy that plays that plays most weeks, and he's a really good player. Just can't be Poland in midweek, but I don't think he comes up with the numbers that, that Tavernier does in terms of goals and assists, uh, albeit at a higher level. Than Campbell, it, yeah. I think if Tavernier was a bit younger. He he would be somebody like Gerard and other Premier League clubs obviously would be would be looking at, but I think Tav's thirty now, so you know, he signed a long term deal with Angels. So even that, I don't I don't see happening. So back to the original point, I don't think there's going to be a Gerard's going to come back and try and cherry pick three or four Rangers players. I, th- I think there's maybe one or two that he would look at, but with the resources he's got at Villa, the scouting network they'll have. No, the lure of the, the Premier League, the wages that he can offer players, I think it's a different it's a different level now. He'll be driving at a Murray Park or whatever we call it now. Um there's a relief that he's actually I mean he's been operating at an Aldi level. He's been doing little try yeah. he, he's now got Harrods at his door, doorstep, he can go and do what he wants. The proof will be in the pudding of how much he regarded the range of squad that he assembled. And I agree with Scott, I think. It's difficult to see anybody that he's really going to go and be determined to get. Part it obviously seems to be the the direction of traffic only seems to be going in one direction in terms of who's going to come in and replace him. Is Giovanni Van Bronckhorst the right man to, to take on this Rangers job? Perfect. I think his CV is a lot better than people give him credit for. He's worked over in Holland. Was uh, really impressive. I think he's also now got a breadth to his CV. He's coached in various countries. Rangers fans want somebody they can identify with. They loved him as a player. He seems to have that kind of profile where he's a good ambassador for the club. He's a good fit. He speaks well. He brings that credibility again. It's good to have it. Be great to have him have him back. He brings a certain kind of uh, charisma and an attractive style and a different kind of blend to the game. And we need that. We need different personalities. I think he's the only man. I think he's certainly the only one that the Rangers are looking at just now. And I think, perfect. Yeah, Scott, I mean, just on that, I mean, we've seen a lot of names sort of bandied about in terms of potential other candidates. Frank Lampard, Derek McInnes, Ronald Koeman, they all seem to be getting sort of swatted aside. But, I mean, do you, do you really think there is anyone else that the club are looking at? Or, or is Van Bronckhurst the sort of, Standout candidate and the only real, you know, leading contender to get this job. I think he's a standout candidate, Andy. I mean, I don't doubt Rangers as a club. No, would I want to do their kind of due diligence and go through a process and no, certainly sound other people out because I don't think you can put. I don't think you can put your eggs on one basket. I don't think any organisation can do that. Not looking to to appoint somebody, but from very early on, it's it seemed pretty clear that. Van Bronckhurst was the number one, the number one target. Uh, I agree with Partsy. I think, I think he ticks a lot of boxes, which is quite unusual. You know, when you're when you're when a big club's looking for, looking for a manager, sometimes it can be a kind of long drawn out process. But I think quite unique circumstances that Van Bronckhurst out a job. He's an ex player. He's at a good age, I think, for what, what Rangers are looking for, following on for, for Gerard. The fans want him, that seems to me. Yeah, exactly. The big yeah. thing is that it's an easy choice and they go, the fans want him, so just, just go and get him. Yeah. Andy, Andy, but it's a difficult sell. Rangers are not an, an easy sell just now for somebody of that kind of calibre to come in. He'll find out how much money he's got to spend in January. What, what what from his point of view, things in China didn't go well. Here's a club he knows. He knows the landscape. He knows the club. He'll, he'll certainly 
be aware of some of the people behind the scenes in that sense it's, it is more a comfortable fit for them in that sense well, it's spot on he ticks more boxes than anybody else absolutely but you, you need to find out then the, net, the, the kind of nuts and bolts what does he have to spend what is the financial status within the club no manager is going to go to a club like Rangers if it's got no money to spend and he's having to work with what he's, what he's got that's why the sale has to be there the other, other selling point to Rangers, Andy, fans won't want to hear this, is that it's a pathway to the, the Premier League again. As Gerard has just told you, I suppose. Exactly. I mean, Van Bronckhorst has got an affinity with Rangers, having played there, and clearly he wants the he wants the job, but he's interested in the job. But ultimately, all of these guys want to go and manage at the at Premier League level, and you, know, you can't blame them. So... Um, that aside, he is the no, he is the outstanding candidate. I think, um, as I said, he ticks most of the boxes. I think as parts he touched on, I think the only stumbling block to me would be you no know, kind of the financials, you no know, his wages, what it would take to get him in, his backroom staff, what he's going to have to spend, and clearly it looks as if that's what's taking the you no know, taking the time to get the deal to get the deal done. Um, but I must say, I, I think I think we're playing a bit of a dangerous game just with how how long it's taken, Andy, with, with these two games coming up. I mean, I know Rangers are trying to put messages out there that they're in no rush, and I've seen a few, even a few ex-players saying they can't rush into it. No, I, I get where they're coming from, and I think if it was the summer, I think if Gerard had walked in the summer, of course you would sit back and take your time and look at different candidates, but. When, when there is an outstanding candidate there, he's out of work and he's clearly the one you want. I don't really know why it's taking this this time when there's there's got to be a sense of urgency there. They've got two games coming up, the next two games that could, no, I'm not saying define their season because I mean, the title's the, the priority, but two massive games that, that could certainly derail your season, you know, going out of the, the League Cup again at the semi-final stage and then obviously get out of, get out of Europe if they were lose to Sparta Prague. I think it would be unfair of the Rangers board to expect, with all due respect, like Davy McCallum and Brian Gilmer not to go and take, not to go and lead a team out at Hamden for what's going to be a difficult semi-final when the fans are craving well, craving this trophy, this domestic trophy that they've that they've not had in such a long time. So, I think I think they're playing a dangerous game. How long it's going to be? I think they'll be desperate to get somebody in before Sunday. I think the players will be desperate to get somebody in before Sunday. Um, and I think if Van Bronckhorst isn't in place uh, come the weekend, then that 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 game is going to be a lot trickier than it might have been. Just in, in terms of the recruitment process, finally, I mean. This is a big test for Ross Wilson, isn't it? I mean, we've seen the club previously in terms of appointments to get some wrong, some right. I mean, Pedro Cusinho was a disaster. Gerard worked out very well. This is Ross Wilson's first first go at you know leading the process. I mean, he's going to come under the spotlight, isn't he, Parsi? Yes, but it's an easy call. Scott's summed it up perfectly. The guy's uh, someone that the Rangers fans already idolise that he's got a great relationship with the club he knows the people it's an easy decision for Ross to make but again I think we underestimate the amount of selling point that Rangers have it's not as if um, it's, it's a given that, that the guy wants to go to Glasgow again especially in, in the circumstances they have to sell it if Ross can do that but Ross has to come up with 
a guarantee and a commitment to budgets and things. And can he do that? You don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Uh, I have my doubts. You've got you're talking about the match on on Sunday at Hamden, League Cup semi final against Hibs. As you said, David McCallum, Brian Gilmore, the B team coaches are going to be in charge of that game with um, input for Jermaine Defoe and Colin Stewart, the goalkeeping coach. Um, I mean, this is a huge game for the, those guys to come into. But what impact do you think losing your manager so close to a game of this magnitude will, will have in the players? I mean, is this is this going to put a doubt in their mind? Is there going to be uncertainty? Or is it just a case of, listen, we've got a blueprint we followed for the last three and a half years under from, that's been left behind by Gerard and Michael Beale. We'll just go the same again with that. I mean, th- does it really have that much of an impact? But Andy, I don't think you can get into a game as big as this with that that mindset. I mean, if going by that logic, then me or you could take the team at Hamden and just send them out and play the exact same 4-3-3, you know, pick the same team. That might be fine. What if you're two down at half time? I mean, who changes it? Who decides in the, the formation then and the tactics? I just listen, I, I, it's no slight on David McCallum or Brian Gilmer, far far from it. No excellent coaches, the pair of them. But for them to be thrust into first team training like this, no, one or two days, fine. But for them to be ask, asking them to then go and take a, a Rangers first team to hand them for a semi final. I think it's unfair on them. I think it's pretty unfair on the on the players. Um, asking the players will be affected. I don't think they'll be affected too much if if the appointment was made was, was made quickly. As I said earlier, I think they would actually get a, get a bounce from it. But the longer it goes, the more I would I would worry about it. I think well, the players you know, worry about it. Do you know what I think? I mean, you've been in dressings probably. Certainly, I have. When managers have lost their job and the atmosphere, it's a dip. If there's nobody in there. Yeah, it's flat. Attitudes, nudges get out of joint. There'll be players there that that, have, that, that feel abandoned, certainly yeah. with the coaching structure. If training's quieter than usual, it, yeah. it drops the whole tempo. The chemistry within the group can change. It can have a catastrophic effect. Yeah. Now, you're right, uh, David McCallum, and we happy getting in there, good, good coaches, but they don't, the greatest respect for them exude that kind of uh, authority. Authority. Yeah. That's a problem for Rangers now. If training has been off this week because players have taken liberties because they've no longer got that watchful eye on them. There's a problem. I think I think the experienced players will be vital, Andy. The longer it goes before Sunday, I think that's when guys like Davis and McGregor and Tavernier and Goldson and that will really need to come into the will come into their own in terms of keeping the keeping the place going and it's difficult for them as I say I think it's it's unfair you know, expecting that for players but that's when there's a void there I agree with Patsy I do think it can it can go flat and you know, the complete opposite of a new manager coming in you know, from Bronckhurst is in three or four days before before the game it gives them that you know, that jolt that lift I think you would see the training you know, turn up a notch because everybody wanted to play that first game. There'd be a real buzz about the whole about the whole appointment. You know, the fans have been a high come come Sunday in terms of the atmosphere. So I think there's a massive difference between appointing the guy before Sunday and this kind of attitude that seems to be, I don't know, this kind of narrative that seems to be there just now that are, you know, it doesn't really matter if, if, if the guy's not in charge for Sunday. Magic. I can't believe anybody at Rangers like within the board or Ross Wilson. That's not to say they're not trying to, to get it done. 
I just think it's absolutely imperative for them to have a guy or to have the new guy in charge for for Sunday because if if he's no, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a really really tough tough day for them. They're running out of time, aren't they? I mean, they're running out of time to get this done. If it is to happen before the weekend, because Friday isn't going to happen because you've obviously got Walter Smith's memorial service. Yeah. The club will not want a cloud what will be a very poignant day for, for supporters with a, a managerial appointment. That's just not going to happen. So it either happens you know, today th- or Thursday, potentially Saturday, but, you know, the, the clock is ticking. So, I mean, right now you're kind of looking at that it's looking likely it will be Brian McCallum and, um, McCallum and Brian Gilman in charge at hand. Yeah, I think Rangers already made their statement that that will be the case and I think they're preparing for that. I think... Uh, what, what see this kind of limbo period, what fills the void is there'll be players in the Rangers dressing room already looking at their own exit strategies. And the longer it goes, if a manager comes in tomorrow, he reassures the building, he reassures the staff, he reassures the squad, he brings a bit of uh, stability to it. In that period where there's nobody there, players then look at their own situation, they no longer get their leader. And that can fester. And I don't think I think it will be David McCallum and Brian that are taking the team on Sunday because there's just not enough time to do it and there doesn't seem to be. They might have the chair and they've kind of uh, welcomed Matt out and all that and the board's up behind, but there's nobody going to be sitting behind that, I don't think, until at least Monday, Tuesday. I'm, Andy, I'm not naive enough to think that, you no, know, you can just get a managerial deal over the line just, just like that. I, I respect the fact that there's negotiations to be had and there's parts they touched on, there's financials to be discussed. I know it's no easy, but I mean, Aston Villa identified, and I know Villa have, I've got more more money to play with, but I mean, Aston Villa identified Stephen Gerrard almost immediately after Dean Smith was sacked, and the deal was done in what two or three days. I mean, Gerrard said he get he get the call on Wednesday, and I think he was in place for what Thursday, or Friday. Um, right. Norwich, no, we're in a similar boat. Norwich actually went for their first choice. Seems to be Frank Lampard got a knockback, but then had their second choice in the door within within a day or two when they, when they went and got Dean Smith so I don't really get given the, the given the kind of unique circumstances of where Rangers are with these two massive games coming up I'm, I'm struggling to see no I'm struggling to see whether why there should be a, a delay if they've identified Van Bronckhorst as a number one target which we all believe they have they need to just go and get the deal done and as I say I just I really hope they don't they don't regret it I hope They've no left it too late. Sunday doesn't go well. They're then rushing a guy in before the, the Sparta Prague game. Um I really hope that that's not the case. But as you say, the, the longer it goes, that's that's the way it's looking. Just moving away from the Rangers managerial situation, um just wanted to discuss Nathan Parson. Obviously, you know, a sort of coming of age performance for Scotland over in Moldova, goal and assist. Um unfortunately be suspended for the Incredible game at uh, Hamden on Monday night. Um, Steve Clark, I was over in Moldova. And, uh, we, we spoke to Steve Clark uh, trackside after the game, and he did mention that he felt that it's time that Patterson needs a bit more game time. That he needs to be playing more. Is that something that the new manager coming into Ibrox needs to consider? That here you've got this. You know, I mean, Stephen Gerrard's described him as almost like a once in a generation talent. I mean, do you, does it? The Rangers really need to be prioritising getting him more game time, Patsy. Undoubtedly, and I think I think you talk about earlier on you about the assets that he's left. 
his legacy could be Nathan Patterson's move. And the only player that will bring in that kind of real kind of decent decent money, but that might might take time. For him to get to that level, he needs to play. Again, it's the same old problem. Tavernier has to commit a team to put him in. And I think he's getting better and better. I think he did himself a real um give himself a shot in the arm with his performance for Scotland, his goal. He's clearly a talent, he's clearly getting better, but they have to find an avenue to get him out there. And if that means if it means Tavernier's got to take a step back then. So, so be it. I think the athleticism that he's showing, the final ball that he's now managing to deliver, the goal threat that he provides, again, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, where do you, how do you, how do you fix that? But those attributes you're talking about, part say Tavernier gives you them an abundance. I mean, mm-hmm. the, his numbers are off the scale. I, mean, I touched on this I think last week, and it's like. That goal Tavernier scored at Motherwell in the volley and the winner he scored at St. Johnson for 25 yards in the top corner. I don't think Nathan Patterson can produce that for you just now. I don't think he's at that he's at that level. I think he's a brilliant young player, huge prospect and a, a major asset as Patterson says. But unfortunately, just the circumstances, he's got the Rangers captain who provides goals and assists on a weekly basis. Now, I said this at the start of the season, I don't agree with the certain fans think both of them can play in the in the same team. I'm not having that at all. I don't agree one of them should play right midfield or whatever. It just doesn't it doesn't work. Rangers have got two quality right backs. Whoever's in charge, whoever's the manager's got to decide who plays on any given day against any given opposition. Of course, I would try and get Nathan Parts in as many games as possible. Tavernier played too many games last season in all competitions. So I would be looking at cup competitions. I'd be looking at league games against you no know, kind of bottom six opposition, especially at Ibrooks, where you bring Patterson in and give Tavernier a rest. But it's up to the boy himself. I mean, he's made a brilliant start to his career. That Scotland performance you're talking about, he did seem to add another dimension, you no know, with the goal threat and you know, obviously the assist for the for the second goal as well. He's got to keep doing that on a regular basis to put as much pressure on the captain as possible and then it's up to the manager to, to decide who plays but he's not going to go out and loan Rangers clearly value him no, higher than 8 million if we're, if we're led to believe no, that's what Everton bid in the summer and it, and it got knocked back unfortunately him he's just going to need to bide his time and whenever he gets that chance like he did for Scotland like he's did like he's had in a few times this season for, for Rangers he's going to need to, he's going to, need to take it yeah, I think he's only played 23 minutes since um, his last Scotland performance. In, but he's played 90 minutes on uh, Friday night, goal and assist. They played nine minutes in the Faroes, his last international appearance. Come on straight, provide a goal. I mean, yeah. for, for Steve Clark's point of view, he, he, he can't do without this guy. I mean, he's he's... You know, I mean, as much as Stephen O'Donnell did, you know, very well the other night, I think the potential of of Nathan Patterson is is, is a level beyond what Stephen O'Donnell can reach. Andy Rangers keep um, producing stats, evaluation of their own squad and players that they've got. For I mean, a club that clearly needs money. So January is an opportunity to let one of them one of them go. If Rangers genuinely believe they're going to get what over ten million pound for Patterson, let them go. They need they need the money. I would have, I'd have taken the money in the summer parts. I've said that, Andy, before. For, for a young player who's come through your academy and who you can't regularly get into the team because the captain's ahead of him and he's in such 
good for him to get offered eight million. You can put add-ons in that and not incentive incentivize the deal and stuff like that. Rangers could have made a lot of money given the financials. I would have taken that. Again, about I don't believe Everton have offered eight million pounds for the for the boy. I just don't. It doesn't doesn't square with me. The amount of game time that he's had for for a start, you're playing you're paying for potential, but you don't pay that much for. Again, if we're led to believe that they've offered that, eight million is nothing to Premier League clubs. I get that, right? I get potential. Do you know what I mean? For the kid hasn't done enough to fall into that kind of that kind of bracket. He's got potential. He's doing better. Still got still got flaws, but listen, I go back to it. If Rangers keep claiming that they've got offering and this and offering that and Kent's getting thirteen million pounds and they need the money. Sell them. Back it up. Ross Wilson claims that the valuation that he's got in players' heads are what they are. Well, you're a business, you're a football club. Prove it. Let one of them one of them go. Clearly, Patterson has to go somewhere to flourish because he's not going to play. You mentioned Taverney. You don't take those kind of stats out your out your team. It's just a problem and Celtic have to, uh, Rangers have to solve it. Scotty, um, Monday night was a fantastic occasion for the national team. I watched it in the pub. We were a sorry I've been used to paying 85 pence a pint over in Moldova. I got <laughs> 3.50 in my local. Still no bad, but no great. But the feeling in the, the pub was, you know, just one of such pride in that performance. And, you know, we're looking at uh, these playoffs in March with real hope. But I suppose, for, in terms of a Rangers perspective, these games in March offer real hope too for Ryan Jack. He's had such a, a difficult um, time out with, with injury, missed the Euros, missed the run into the Rangers title. But obviously, we saw him coming back uh, just before the title, uh, the international window. Sorry, he's now got himself, you know, four months to get himself ready and potentially reclaim that because before. He got his injury. It was a key man for, for Steve Clark, and you know, from, from yeah. his perspective, just how big a an incentive is that for him to get himself ready and, and, get, and get himself way back in, and potentially, hopefully, play a part in getting a team to a major finals after missing out last summer. Oh, it's a huge incentive for the for the player, Andy. Um, and listen, if Steve Clark is is picking a squad of, of fully fit players, I think Ryan Jack. Would always be, would always be in it. And you're right; he was a key man before, before qualifying for the Euros. Obviously, he played that night in Serbia when they clinched it. But unfortunately, you no, know, he's missed what eight, nine months of injury. Um, and, and again, unfortunate for him. You no, know, Billy Gilmer has emerged and is now a, a Scotland regular and. No, and has, has performed brilliantly um, for the national team every time he's every time he's come in. Listen, I think it's a great chance for Ryan Jack to get back in the squad if he can play regularly for for Rangers and get back to the level uh, that we know we can we can operate at. But listen, I don't think I don't think MD's guaranteed a place in a Scotland team now the way you know, the way they're going. Um and Scott McTominay missed it the other night, plays with Man United. I'm struggling to see where Scott McTominay gets back into that that starting eleven. So the same goes for Ryan Jack. Um but he's you no, know, as you say, his motivation should be to get back in and around that squad for the for the playoffs because well, who knows what injuries and suspensions we'll have then. And that and if he is in top form and he is fully fit, what a chance for him um, after missing the Euros to go and play his part against Scotland to another major tournament and then maybe actually playing at a playing at a World Cup. But as I say, like a lot of players, 
going to struggle to get no, he's, no struggle but he's going to have a real fight when he's hands to get into that start love and given how well Scotland are doing just now Great, right, well, I think that'll do us for today. We've obviously got uh, Sunday's big game to look forward to at Hamden, so please join us again next week where we will go over all the action at Hamden. Don't forget, you can also get involved and follow all the debate. Uh, you can uh, off a sheet. Ah, it's my first time, just why he's a bit. <laughs> you can follow all the debate. Radio. Thanks again, and we will see you next week, but part two hopefully will not be here. <laughs>